Hey, real quick, would you like to join me for a fun and super practical challenge to increase your online visibility? The Visibility Kickstarter Challenge is hosted by my friend Alina Vincent, who, if you don't know, she is the queen of online challenges. <clears throat> and that means that this is going to be one of the most actionable, value-packed, and fast-to-implement challenges that you have ever been a part of. I recently used her challenge method in my last launch, and it was the most effective challenge we have ever run, and it was easier than any, ever, any challenge we've ever run uh, as well. It is completely free, so if you want to join me, I'll be there. Head over to jenlaner.com forward slash 084 to sign up. And again, that's jenlaner, L-E-H-N-E-R.com forward slash 084. Hey guys, it's Gary Vay, Nerd Chuck, and you're listening to the Front Row Entrepreneur Podcast with our girl, Jen. Our guest today is a New York-based confidence coach and author. She's been featured on the Today Show, Forbes, Oprah.com, and more. And when I say more, I mean basically everywhere. Marie Claire, entrepreneur, business insider, everywhere. If I listed all the places where Susie has appeared, we'd be here all day. She has a fabulous free online workshop called Overnight Rockstar at GetRockstarPR.com, which I watched yesterday and it's amazing. And we are, of course, going to talk all about it and I'll link to it in the show notes. But this guest is a petite, soft-spoken woman who wears an expression on her face that is a mixture of amusement, contentment, and mischief. We recently met in person at a mastermind event in San Diego, and like everybody else in the room, I was completely drawn to her. I am thrilled to welcome our guest today, Susie Moore. Susie, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, and I'm so excited. Thank you for such a lovely intro, too. Of course, I love meeting you recently also. Well, yeah, it's true. You really do kind of walk around with this <laughs> expression on your face that must reveal what's going on inside, which is like a sense of you're like you have sort of a a smile on your face without smiling. Have you been told that before? Oh, I guess not exactly in those words. I love how you've described it, but typically people always say that I look very happy. In fact, some people say to me that they can tell I'm not from New York before I even open my mouth because I look too happy. Yeah, yeah, I think that would be true. So, all right. Well, this this podcast, of course, as you know, is called The Front Row, and it's all about taking a front row seat in life and, mm -hmm. and in business. And your story is such the perfect example of this. So what I would love for you to do, if you don't mind, is just tell us what you're doing these days, but then also how it began, how all this got started. Yes. Uh, so my business has really, I guess, evolved to become a specialist in helping people become confidently more visible in their life, in their business, being themselves, being able to be seen and heard fully. Uh, and I've been in my business now full time for, I think it's been, it's five, it's around five years. Uh, but it all started as a side hustle. My background is corporate. I've always been a blazer wearing business card carrying, uh, corporate person. And my background was, you know, working in, I mean, I won't get into the boring tech, uh, tech details, but selling uh, programmatic video software. 
So I loved working in advertising. And I have to say, I do even like the corporate world. I think you get a lot of great skills there. Uh, but you know, around age 30, I just knew that I wanted to do something that just felt really you know, m- much more meaningful to me and to work on my own terms. So I took my side hustle full time and decided to grow it in the best way that I kind of could figure out at the time which was to get a lot of media coverage. I thought instead of kind of going out there and hustling and networking and really asking for referrals constantly, if I just share some life advice that I know and maybe just, you know, share my own personal stories and what's you know, been helping me in my life from a confidence perspective, you know, particularly, then the right people will find me and it will be easy. And that has turned out to be true. And I've kept going with that ever since. I know you referenced the places I've been. Uh, I continue to use the media as a, as a tool for business growth because it's highly underutilized. It's far more accessible than people think. And it's also just, it's really fun and highly leveraged. Yeah. So, all right. So, you were very humble in that explanation because <laughs> because what i know is that you you went at like you went after these very high profile media outlets mm-hmm. and and what i was amazed to learn was that you don't have a background in writing And you don't even have a college degree. Is that correct? That's correct. I got nothing, Jen. Zero. (laughs) You got something. All right. Let's just straighten that out right now. You got something. But I I want people to hear that because that's that's such a front row move, right? Like you you just went for it. Um, What what was inside of you that felt like you could do that? I love that question. And I wish that more people uh, thought about what it is that might be holding them, them back from going for it. Because I always think that if you're on this earth, right, you have something to do here, you have work to do here, then there is nothing that can really hold you back. I mean, there are plenty of things that they, in inverted commas, say that you need in order to be successful or to you know achieve something or to be great. And I just, I mean, I know that what is within you is far, far more powerful and strong than anything externally that you can acquire. And so I just thought to myself, you know, why not me? Like, why not go for it? Why not think big? I mean, I actually think it's just as easy to think big as it is to think average or small. And so why not go for like, go for, go for the top, like try it and just, and see what happens. And I think because, you know, typically people are constantly, you know, doubting themselves, underestimating what they can do, overestimating what other people can do. You know, when it, when it comes to kind of really going and feeling ambitious and taking ambitious action, it's not that crowded. I mean, when I, when it comes to getting media specifically, which I still consistently do, I'm still really surprised that a lot of people will take them a very long time to even approach the type of media outlets that are their dream outlets. They'll just start at a, at a lower level for a long time and just kind of stay there. Whereas, you know, stories are everywhere, you know, editors, producers, they all need content. So if you've got something to say, that means that there's someone willing to hear it, which means that there could be millions of people willing to hear it. So why not just make it available? So I guess the key question, though, is how do you get the attention? How do you know who to reach or how to say it? Mm-hmm. And like, is it okay to DM these people once you do find them? Or is that considered like tacky? <laughs> yes. <You> know, what, <laughs> what, like, what, where does the person start? Oh, it's, no, it's, it's a very good question. And I think before we even get to that, it's good to think about a couple of things. The first is to to understand what it is that you want to be known for. Because I see a lot of people, you know, in their business, not everybody has a completely clear niche or a completely fixed audience. And that's cool, 
right? I you know mine 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 varies too based on the kind of products that I'm you know um, you know working on at the time and so forth. But what I've noticed is a lot of people. Um, when it comes to media, they'll just, they think everything's good. All media coverage is good. And, you know, overall that, you know, I'd say that is true. But we kind of want to be a bit more targeted than that, right? I mean, if you think about how you approach anything else, maybe with Facebook ads, for example, they're all typically very highly targeted. So I don't want to make sure my message is clear. What I want to be known for is clear, at least, you know, at, at present, it can constantly always evolve. And then you want to make sure that you can research the audience to make sure that the right type of people are receiving your message. So, for example, I was just reading a great book, Denise Steffel Thomas's book, Chillpreneur, and she was mm-hmm. talking about, uh, you know, if she if she does a speaking engagement, the audience has to be very qualified for her message. You know, she talks about money mindset. It's a little woo-woo. That would not work for a corporate crowd. You know, and so it's, it's really the same with media. It's like, you know, who are the people who are going to receive your message? You can have the best message, but if it's, you know, mixed, you know, matched with the wrong people, it won't necessarily land or really get you the kind of leads or results that you're looking for. And you also want to make sure, depending on your business, that your, the content that you're creating leads very nicely to a product or service that's then easy to purchase from you. Okay. So assuming that we have identified that our audience is, on Business Insider, for example. Yeah, which okay. is a huge audience. And so, for example, what a lot of people don't know, Jen, is like Business Insider is like 100 times the size of Forbes. So, wow. yeah, I mean, there are a lot of things that you learn once you kind of get out there. I mean, you'll see what drives a lot of traffic to you, what doesn't. But Business Insider is huge. The audience is huge. And so even if you cast a wide net to a large audience like that, there are probably going to be some people there who, who are going to you know, relate to your message. So, well, one thing that I looked that I noticed or that I learned rather in your workshop that I watched yesterday mm-hmm. was that you refer to this strategy that you use as guest posting. Mm-hmm. And whenever I've heard the term or the phrase guest posting, I've always thought it was like if I contact Mark Schaefer and say, hey, Mark, can I do a post on your blog? Mm-hmm. I never really thought of it as, you know, when I see an article in Business Insider, it's it's a journalist who wrote an article, mm. you know, or a freelancer who wrote an article for Business Insider, and that there are the all these people walking around with cameras around their neck and a pencil behind their ear, <laughs> you know, and they're yeah. like, you know, and sending. Oh, which leads me to another question. So let's say yeah. I have a guest post and I want to submit it to Business Insider, but it's also perfect for Entrepreneur and Inc. Mm-hmm. and 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 others. Is it okay to to send them out to lots of outlets, or is is that considered like something you shouldn't do, bad form? Yeah, th- these are great questions, Jim. I love them. So in, in relation to the first piece, when it comes to guest posting, this term, I mean, I, I guess it's still relatively new and most people think the same way as you because, you know, guest posting this term is not very common yet. I think it's becoming more and more common as people understand the power of it. It's also used interchangeably with, you know, maybe blogging for business or, I mean, just in general content creation. But the truth is a lot of media outlets, I mean, they're not necessarily growing. They have, you know, staff writers mm-hmm. um, and yes, certainly freelancers, but they want content from real people like you and me, not from publicists, not from, you know, celebrities, famous people. I mean, there's always a place for that. There always will be. But people want real stories from real people. They want to hear directly from the talent, which is just directly people like you and me. You know, what, how to cook, you know, vegan meals for your family, you know, how to book a great vacation, you know, based on this or that parameter, you know, how to talk to your kids about money. I mean, whatever it is that you have to share, there is an audience for it. And you don't have to be a staff writer, a journalist, any type of writer. I mean, 
I, because my background's so corporate, I hadn't written anything, you know, since like a high school essay when I was 18, like more than an email at all. And now I'm pretty prolific in content creation because you don't have to be perfect. You just have to kind of just be busy, right? You just have to do it, like get it, get it done. And so guest posting is becoming more popular. And it, yeah, essentially it just means that you're not a staff writer, you're not hired, you're just somebody who's sharing a piece on a big website very cool and easy. And then when it comes to pitching, uh, you don't want to pitch the same idea to the same place at the same time, because typically they like to have ex- each media outlet likes to have, you know, exclusive content. Mm-hmm. So the way that I do it is I typically have three to five pitches out at any one time to three different publications. And if, and when I get rejected, I just kind of circulate them. So I have different pitches out to different uh, media outlets all at once. And then based on, you know, what, you know, what, what wins, what doesn't necessarily win, I then just switch it up, but keep it going. So then I imagine there's some language that goes with the email that says like, would love to, you know, would love to offer this to you exclusively. And if I don't hear back from you by Wednesday, then. That's right. And then in some cases too, if you do decide to pitch something at once, especially if it's very timely, and this is a great tip, if you can really latch onto anything in the news then you're also more likely to be picked up very, very quickly uh, while while any kind of topic is hot. And so, and even if you have an evergreen topic, if you can just relate it to something that's happening in the news, um, then that's also going to be very, very helpful. But yeah, you can also say, you know, this is, um, uh, this is currently out to a few different outlets. You can also make it clear, but typically editors like to be pitched one-on-one ideas. Can you take existing content, like a blog post that? Yeah. uh, Mm, And this is, yeah, this is actually where, again, I, okay, I, I have this thing, Jen, where I'm obsessed with making everything really easy. <laughs> it's almost like my, it's like my mantra, like how, how can, I have a couple of questions I ask myself whenever there's like a project or anything I'm doing, I think what's essential, right? Number one. And then secondly, like, how can it be easier? There has to be an easy, I, I, I'm, I, I'm certain that people are obsessed with making things hard. I agree. We make things so much harder than they need to be. I'm guilty of that. So right, and it, I mean, it's 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 typical self sabotage, but it looks good, right? Because it looks like you're really busy and you're right. a perfectionist and you're doing all the right things, you know. And frankly, I mean, I almost don't even know what how people are working so many hours in the day constantly. I mean, I know when you're setting up a business, there are a lot of things to do, but at a certain point, a lot of it can, you know, a lot of it, as you know, can be you know automated, and you can set up the right kind of support, but. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to like the media, letting it be easy. Uh, if I write a guest post, typically it will live on my blog. It'll be used as an email newsletter to my uh, community every Sunday. It will be a Facebook Live that I do, potentially a YouTube video that I do. Just say it's you know five tips to always be on time, right? Just say that's one piece that I wrote. I would then make that five different Instagram posts with five different tips, with just five different pictures, it will be used in so many different ways. Because this is how I, I call it, you know, taking one post and turning it into 20. Mm. Um, you can like use, reuse in a few more months, do all of that again, like recycle it again, because by that stage, it's kind of older. You can maybe write a fresh intro if you like. Um, but yeah, when it comes to content creation, again, I think a lot of people are always creating new things, letting them die. And the, you know, that blog post that you wrote in 2015 or whatever, it's still very useful now and your audience is bigger now. So you can also, you know, just reuse it in, in lots of fresh and different ways. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, if, if it can be easier, Jen, like I'm down, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever can make something fun or easy. Like it's always just the right question to be asking. Right. And 
depending on, I mean, I mean, are you much of a content creator? You know, because I, I guess, you know, businesses vary a lot. Some people are really into it. Some people less so. Oh yeah. No, I'm a prolific content creator and I'm like you. I, I definitely like, I believe in creating a piece of anchor content mm-hmm. uh, for the week and like having a theme for the week and then creating that anchor piece of content, whether it's a blog post or a live, you know, a, a, a live stream or whatever. And then, um, and then doing an Instagram live about it and posting about it on Instagram and all that kind of stuff. I think that's the way to go. I really, really do. And I really just like having a plan. But let me ask you, when it comes to guest posting, so there's the obvious benefit of, you know, elevating your your authority Mm -hmm. and getting more eyeballs on your content and having content, you know, this anchor content to, you know, strip like a chicken and make, you know, <laughs> like take all the pieces of the chicken from, but, um, what else? Like there's a oh piece gosh. of gold here that, that, that we're missing that you talked about that, that blew my mind. Oh my gosh. There is so, there are so many benefits. In fact, I have to, I mean, I could, we could talk for three days about the benefits. I mean, when it comes to guest posting, I've gotten book deals out of it. I've gotten booked on really nice video podcasts, different kind of uh, news uh, radio segments. If you're a content creator, that's how people discover you. Editors and producers based on a topic or a theme or what's largely going on in the news, they'll be researching, you know, um, different looking, almost like looking for experts, you know, and if you're say a divorce expert, or if you work with people, women are going through divorce, for example, and there is a big divorce, right? Say there's a divorce in the royal family, or there's a big celebrity divorce, they'll be Googling, you know, who's creating divorce content and they need experts, right? So you make yourself available, like pretty much on a platter to lots of different eyeballs for people looking for additional, to create additional media. Okay. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Wait, yeah. pause there for just a second. So yeah. I have a client who's uh-huh. recently written a book about being happy, how to be happy basically after divorce. Ah. And she's been, you know, on a on a tour, you know, and she she's gotten lots of media coverage, but she hasn't actively like she can now actively I, I love this. Like when you mm-hmm. just said royal divorce. So I'm going to advise her to keep an eye out for celebrity divorces. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I was speaking to an editor friend of mine and she was like what I think a lot of people get wrong is they can, but we, people constantly, you know, people like us, our content is evergreen, right? Like it's relevant now. It's going to be relevant in five years, years, 10 years. Um, but what you can do is you can take an evergreen topic and literally hitch it on to anything going on. So for example, one thing that always sticks out in my mind is there's a lady in, in my group and she teaches breath work, right? So specific breathing techniques for different things. Oh my God. And it applies I mean, to everything. <laughs> exactly. I mean, there is a place for everything. And uh, so breath work, you know, of course, evergreen, right? And universal. Right. But um, the, what we came up with is a pitching idea for her. And this was, I think, in this or last spring was, you know, instead of just saying, you know, five ways to breathe when you're stressed, it was like, how should Meghan Markle be breathing on the way to the chapel to get married? Oh, that's so right. (laughs) Right. And I mean, like right now, I mean, there's a lot of, I mean, the news is around college scams. I wouldn't know exactly what type of content to pitch around that because it's kind of shady. But if you're a legal expert, I would be, you know, creating content around that right now. Right. Or how to, how to breathe when you discover that you're on a 730, what is it? The flight, the the plane, the 737. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. So you see, you take your topic, you make it evergreen. And there was another lady in our, in our group too, who she teaches how to really be very good on video. So, you know, like, because, you know, video is such a big component now of bit of business. 
uh, of online business. She, instead of um, she's, she was always pitching business, you know, publications. And then as soon as Instagram increased their their the, the, the second limit from thirty to sixty second videos, mm-hmm. then then she repitched it, saying how to do a great sixty second video now that Instagram accepts them. Oh, that's so smart. But, but it's the same. But it's the same stuff. She's not changing anything. She's not really changing a word. She's just changing the title. So yeah, and the pitch, the sentence, and the pitch email. So it's if you can really hitch onto anything. In fact, um, one time when I was on the Huffington Post live, it was one of my actually first media features where I was contacted as an expert. I'd written a piece for My Body Green, which was then syndicated in the Huffington Post and a few other places called um, 10 Lessons I Learned from Getting Divorced in My 20s. And they were calling me, calling me, calling me, can you get on this segment? Because Gwyneth Paltrow and Chris Martin announced their conscious uncoupling that day. So yeah, but I mean, that's, I mean, but getting divorced is again, of course, evergreen. People are always going to be getting divorced. But you know, but but now if I wanted to write about that, it's certainly not my topic, but uh, if I wanted to write about that, I would hitch on to anything going on. Same with actually another client of mine who speaks about, um, she's a child, she specializes, um, this is interesting, in being a stepmom, managing life as a stepmom. And so she was, she was speaking about, you know, celebrity stepmoms and lessons that we could, like what we don't see behind the scenes. And it was around a new relationship that was formed between, I can't remember what celebrity couple, but a pretty famous one. So yeah, whatever you could, whatever's trending, like check out the hashtags and if you can like get into something and by trending, I mean like that day, like that day or the next day, this is how quickly news moves. Then you're also far more likely to be successful and you can have a lot of fun with it too. Okay. So back to the question of is it tacky to DM? Like, what oh. is, is it email? Like, what is what is the best way? Typically, email is still the most standard. I mean, again, it's. Uh, I think I, I don't want to like keep reiterating this point, but what I've noticed is like not all media is created equal. So, depending mm-hmm. on what you want to get out of your media, for me, it's always email leads. That's always my you know number one focus. Uh, I want to make sure that I'm in the right place. So you can have a great piece in the wrong place, and you won't get the results. So first of all. You say, okay, say for example, it's the Huffington Post you want to be in. The Huffington Post has travel, relationships, work and career, money, politics, health and wellness as different you know, subsections under the Huffington Post. So you want to find out who the right editor is or the right features editor for the right section within the right outlet and then typically email them. Although I've seen DMs work, I've also seen Twitter work really well. So there are lots of different ways that you can do it. Okay. It's it, the most important thing is to make sure you're going after the right place that has your audience and the right person at that place. Yes, exactly. And then you just want to do it, right? I mean, that's the thing. It's like people think about it for so long. They, you know, they, or they're always, you know, waiting for the perfect idea, waiting for the perfect time. I always say, I always challenge, I say, you know, do it, do it in the next 24 hours. Right, like immediately, just give it a whirl. That you will get rejected. I mean, that's to be expected. I'm still consistently rejected, and I'm, you know, I'm in lots of different places. Um, so I always say, rejection's an illusion. It's not even real. And just to stay at it, to stay in the game, because that's that's what successful people do, right? Like the front rowers, we just stay at it. Everyone else gives up. <laughs> All right, I want to do something right now. What is your Twitter handle? Uh, it's at it's my name at Susie Moore. S U S E M O O R E. S-U-S-I-E-M-O-O-R-E. And yes. I am at J-E-N-R-G-Y. I want our listeners right now, as soon as this podcast is over, mm. to 
figure out what it is you're going to send and send it within 24 hours of listening to this. And then I want you to tweet us with the hashtag Jen and Susie, I did it. Okay. Yes. Yes. That's a great idea. Jen and Susie, I did it. And um, we want to shout you out and congratulate you because I, because I'm going to do this for sure, for sure, for sure. I'm so excited now. Yay. Okay. Do you mess with medium or help a reporter out or not so much? Um, I, a lot of people have success with, so I am on medium and medium is a great place to start even just to get your feet wet in terms of putting stuff out there on an open platform. Uh, the, when it comes to Haro, uh, I personally don't use it because they don't always link back and I'm obsessed with links. Again, some people have different media goals. Some people want media just so they can put their logos on their website, you know, as seen in the Wall Street Journal, as seen in, and you can absolutely do that. You're in your integrity if you do that. If you've been quoted somewhere and it's listed, you know, uh, your first name, last name says this, right? Then you are featured in, so you can take that logo and put it on your website and your marketing materials and so forth. And for some people, that's all they want. And that's awesome because I'm obsessed with ROI for every second that I spend on something, <laughs> uh, financial ROI. Uh, yeah. that I'm obsessed with linking specifically. And so that's, that's a slightly different to just being featured as an expert. Well, I think that's huge. And that's one of the things that you talk about in your workshop is how you got like a gazillion emails. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so, you know, at the time of this recording, Facebook has been crashing. Like, mm. you know, Facebook crashed all day yesterday. Yeah. It's kind of wonky today. And everybody is sort of having the conversation like, hmm, <laughs> Facebook mm. is awesome, but maybe we don't count on it for all of our leads, maybe, you know? And, yes. and so, and, you know, I mean, like anyone, Jen, right? You know, any business owner, you don't want all of your, like your lead sources to be coming from one place. It's very dangerous, right? It's um, like, even if you, a friend of mine has a consulting business and she does very well, but you know, it's 80% of her revenue is one client. Oh, that's so scary. It is scary because if they cancel on her or if something changes, she's a little bit screwed. And so she's looking to diversify. And I know a lot of online marketers focus purely on Facebook ads. I get it. I love them too. You know, I absolutely love them too. Uh, and I, I run them consistently. But uh, it, that's not enough, right? And just say something does go wrong. Just say you're kicked off. Just say, you know, the price is really increased. And this is all we kind of see, right, over time. Then what else, right? I don't really want to rely on other people like affiliates, although I love affiliate programs. Sure. I don't want to rely on other people and I don't want to rely on just like one one big media poncho, you know? So what else? There, There's plenty of other lead sources out there. So go get them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, and I think you've really opened up so many people's eyes today with this whole new, like, I don't know, platform that yeah, we yeah. can... Mm-hmm. I'm super excited about that. Now I want to shift because I want to squeeze all the juice out of the lemon that is Susan Moore today. Um, I love you. <laughs> I want to pivot a little bit over to your confidence coaching because, mm-hmm. you know, I feel like I have a certain amount of confidence and I've had it my whole life. And mm-hmm. I mean, definitely balanced with a fair share of insecurity to be sure. But I know that my confidence comes from the fact that my parents made me feel like I could do anything. That was mm-hmm. really hammered into my head. They 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 really supported me and made me feel uh, very valued. But if you're a person that never had that support and encouragement and you entered adulthood like a scalded cat, like mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. advice to them on building their confidence? Where do you start with a person um, 
who mm-hmm. really feels that they're super lacking in confidence. So first of all, Jenna, I think it's, I mean, it's wonderful that you had great parents. You're right. Not everybody has that, right? Nobody, not everybody has, um, even both parents, right? There, I mean, but there are so many different, like, stories that we have, you know, we, so many different experiences that we have as humans on this earth, and we don't always all get the best start. And so first of all, if you're looking to increase your confidence, number one, Congratulations, because you already you're already realizing something, right? You're thinking, you know what? I deserve more. I deserve to feel more worthy. I want to attract more good things in my life. I want my life to be, you know, maybe more meaningful. I want to do maybe more stuff that maybe feels more important than I'm doing. Already, you're in a good place because you're realize you're opening yourself up to the fact that you are worthy and happiness is your birthright. So is abundance. So is everything else good. We didn't ask to be here on this earth, right, Jen? Like we are here. And so everything good that is in this world is available to us and we deserve it without having to do anything for it. It's meant to be that way. So when it comes to confidence for me specifically, the confidence that I've kind of really built over time, and it's it's a daily practice too, still. You never say to yourself, I guess, oh gosh, you know, I've got the perfect body. I don't need to work out anymore and I can eat whatever I want now, right? <laughs> like it's, it's, it's daily, you, you're, you're always working on it. Um, is I started reading self-help books when I was a teenager and they completely transformed everything for me. So when my, so my dad died of addiction when I was 19, we moved around a lot. There's mental illness in my family. I always felt, I mean, I don't know. And as a kid, we went to church. And I think that there's a certain amount of confidence that you can have if you have some faith in your life, not that you have to, but mm-hmm. that helped me in the beginning. Uh, but when I was 15, I found in this uh, charity shop in the UK, we call them, uh, a self-help book called The Magic of Thinking Big. And that book, like literally overnight, I love this one overnight. This one, like, uh, overnight, this book really changed everything for me. I started thinking just differently. I started thinking bigger. I come from a small town in the UK and I didn't really have that many role models. And so for me to read this book that was written in the fifties by somebody who was dead, it just really opened my eyes. In fact, Jen, um, one uh, piece of that book, uh, there's a couple of lines in the book where he says, always be a front seater. Oh my God. No way. Yeah. I wrote it down. The magic of thinking big. Do you think it's still in print? We have to get the book. Oh my God. It is. Oh my gosh. It's, it's really incredible. I have so much to credit that man for. I mean, I actually wrote a piece not long ago for, I think it was for, for the Huffington Post, which was, you know, five lessons that I've learned from reading over 500 self-help books. <laughs> because, you know, they're essentially all the same, but everything kind of, for me, comes back to this one book. Right. So, yeah, so he says in the book, be always be a front seat to always sit in the front row, always walk fast, always just be fast, like be a, fr- be a front rower. And I do it all, I mean, wherever I can, I'm always in the front row and I mean, I love me with this podcast, but there are certain things that you can do that can just really help you. And the kind of permission that we just don't give ourselves for no reason, the permission slip is in your pocket the whole time, my friends, like you can do whatever you want. Uh, it just really opened me up to that. And it did allow me to really think big and to think that anything was possible for me. And I, you know what it's like when you find like a really, a, a really life-changing piece of work. It's constantly, you know, I, I can still hear the voice in my mind when it comes to doubting myself. I just go, yeah, no, not today. Not that, not that thought, you know? And so it's, if I'm constantly choosing, uh, the, you know, the right thoughts, the right type of, I, I'm consuming all the, all, all the content that makes me feel good and empowered. And the good news is everything's really free now, right? You don't need really anything apart from a phone to get all of the help that you need that's out there. Amen. Mm-hmm. Well, we have a lot in common. I have read, um, I have read 
so many self-help books and I started at a young age like you. Mm-hmm. And we also have The Real Housewives in Common, which we're going <laughs> to Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're going to talk about that in just a moment. But I, I do have to ask you this question because in this, this I, I have to tell you, I was looking at your website and I got to this part and very unexpectedly, I got very emotional. I'm getting emotional now, actually. Oh, oh no, don't make me emotional, Jen. <laughs> I don't know what you're referencing, but yeah, hit me with it. I wasn't sure if I was going to bring it up, but I just oh. was like, no, you know what? I'm going to bring it up. I want to yeah. know if the situation with your with your school principal and the and the and the token happened before or after the book? Actually, before the book. Would you believe it? Well, it just tells me that you were born with you were born with something too. But yeah, could you? Do you mind sharing that story with us? Yes. So as a kid in the UK, I mean, here you call them like a free, a free school lunch, right? They're, right. Call them free, they're called free school dinners mm-hmm. because, you know, my family was in the, in the US, you call it welfare. In the, in the UK, you call it social security. And so because my family was on that, we had to, you know, we had free school lunches, which, you know, my mom always said, we're very lucky, right? There was no sympathy. It was just, you know, we're very, very lucky. But um, at one school I went to, there was this really awful process of having to go to this reception at recess to collect like a dinner token, right? Or your lunch token, we call it dinner tokens. And then when you go to, when you go to pay for your lunch, like normally everybody else who has an account whose parents pay for their meals, who can afford to pay for their meals, they would just sign their name, but I would have to give a token. And then sometimes there'd be like a new lady in the cafeteria and she'd be like, what's this? I don't know what this token is. (laughs) And I was just so embarrassed. In fact, I used to wait until my friends ate and they left. So no one would see me with my token. And because I was, and I was embarrassed, you know, I didn't want anyone to feel sorry for me. I didn't want to feel like different. And so I decided, and it wasn't just me. There were other kids who had, you know, the tokens too. And so I went to, I decided to ask the head. So you call it the principal here in the UK, we call it a headmaster. Right, but I, but I went to see. I asked if I could have a meeting with the headmaster, and he actually knew about some traumas in my family because there was some legal stuff that you know the school needed to know about. But uh, I I went to speak to him, and he probably thought I was going to talk about my family. And I was like, I need to talk to you about the lunch tokens. <laughs> like, it's it's embarrassing. I have to go at recess. Sometimes at recess, there's a line. I'm late to my class because I haven't got my token yet. At lunchtime, it's too late to get the token. And frankly, it's embarrassing. I don't want anyone to know that I'm different to them. So why don't I just, can't we just have a section maybe? This is why you want to be solution focused. Don't just bring a problem, right? <laughs> I was like, can, can maybe there can be a section at the very end of everybody's names that it's like, you know, the free school lunch or whatever, but we can just sign to like everybody else. And he actually didn't know. He didn't know that, that, that there was a token. He didn't even know, right? He was like, oh, this system, I didn't realize. We, we clearly just thought it was efficient and he changed it. It's the, it's like the best front row story I ever heard. Oh. It's, it's, it, it really is because, and I think that was what, like maybe it wasn't that I felt sorry for poor little Susie. It was, right. it, I was so moved that you advocated for yourself like that. <clears throat> and I think, I mean, look, it's a small thing, but for a, for a kid, right, to be different isn't cool, right? Like you just don't. Of course don't, not, no. You know, I mean, now as an adult, you're like, don't blend in, right? But when it comes to your marketing and so forth, but when you're a kid, you just don't want to be different. And I, you know, what? I also knew my mom would always say it's not a crime to be poor. Right? Being poor isn't a crime. There's nothing wrong with us. And so I felt kind of also 
you know, why, why would I be like, why should there be this thing that feels uncomfortable for me when I haven't done anything wrong? And so, yeah, I mean, yeah. And I guess, I mean, maybe there was just some confidence there, but it's certainly something that I've, I still consistently nurture. Yeah. And you said also in your, I, I'm sorry, I keep talking about the workshop and all the people here are going to have to watch it and I'm going to link below because it really is so incredibly good. It's one of the best webinars slash workshops that I've seen in a very long time. Thank you. I mean, because you really give, you, you give an opportunity at the end on how people can move forward with you, but you, you really give true value in the workshop. So it was really great. But you talk about how confidence is a learned skill that really most of us aren't born with a ton of confidence. No. And so have you had to teach confidence to your clients? Oh my gosh. Yes. And I feel like confidence, I feel like somebody said once, I can't, I can't remember who said it, that every business problem is actually an emotional problem, right? That just shows up in business. And so when it comes to, you know, starting a side hustle, asking for a raise, you know, getting yourself in Oprah.com, I give all the tactical steps. Yes. Right. It's like, I, I always say that my method is like paint by numbers. It's full of these steps. It will work. Right. Um, but it's all completely underpinned by that. You can do this and you can do it right now. You know, I mean, I feel like as business owners, really, that's the gift that we give, right? I mean, we have to, whatever it is that we're teaching, we just have to, that's a, I think there's actually like a Zen Buddhist saying that the teacher doesn't teach, the teacher re- like helps a student just know that they already know, like helps them understand what they can, uh, I'm messing up the quote, but it's not to teach, it's just to like to to show, like to show what's possible. And so I feel as if, you know, confidence underpins everything really that's good. And sadly, I mean, I see this happen a lot. The the brightest people don't always succeed. It's just the people who are willing to go for it. And I see a lot of very talented people not getting the results that they fairly deserve, frankly, um, because they're they're just not believing in themselves. Whereas a lot of people who might be less experienced or frankly, even less passionate, if they're just kind of going out there and doing it and not overthinking too much, then they're getting the, they're they're the ones getting the results. Yeah. I love it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, before we close out, and this has really been amazing. So thank you so much, Susie. I do want to chat a little bit for a second about something very important, and that is the Real Housewives. Ah, um, best for last, yes. I mean, whenever I can find someone to talk housewives with, I jump, I, I jump on it. Um, okay, so who is your? Well, first of all, which is your favorite franchise? New York, probably. Uh New York or Beverly Hills, maybe, because I love I love good old LVP. Um, but yeah, probably, yeah, probably New York. What about Jersey? I don't watch Jersey. Am I missing out? I think I am, right? Well, it's just such a hot mess oh. show. <laughs> but, um, okay. All right. So who, so then now of, of all the franchises, who's your favorite uh, housewife? LVP? Uh, do you know what has been her? Right now it's Erica. I love Erica. Oh, Erica is great. Yeah. Erica is great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah, also she's... love, I also love Dorinda in New York. She's just so funny. Did you see her on, um, watch what happened, li- watch what happens live the other night? I sure did. Yeah. <laughs> I watch it all. God, but certainly she's going to like understand that she really like has to completely stop drinking. I mean, I know, oh I know. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't think, I don't think so either. <laughs> and actually I, you can pretty much say that about 90% of the housewives. Like if they just put down the, <laughs> the, 
the champagne or they, they, they would be much better off, but then we wouldn't have a TV show, right? (laughs) The drama. Well, um, which one, if you had to, you know, we used to play this game with sex in the city. Are you Samantha? Are you Mary? Are you whatever? So which one are you? Are you Erica J? Oh, in my, at my best self, I am Erica J. Yeah. (laughs) How about you? I think I'm a little bit, what's the one with the really big lips? Oh, Lisa Rinna. Yeah, I don't know. I just, she cracks me up on Instagram. I love how she's just dances all the time. She's hilarious. Yeah, she's a great catty. I'm not I'm like, I'm not catty like that, but she's, uh, she's very, she's like a free spirit. Yeah, I love her too. She's a goodie. All right. Now tell me about Get Rockstar PR, PR and then we're going to link to it in the show notes. Yeah, so a lot of people, you know, had a lot of questions around how to, again, Jen, most people don't know that you can do this, right? They think that you have to be famous. You have to have a big Instagram following. You have to be a PhD or some type of, you know, real like doctor style expert to be featured in the media. And it's simply not true now more than ever. So I break it down and I share how I got started and I give some great hacks for, for really getting rolling yourself in my workshop. So it's getrockstarpr.com. Um, and yeah, and I highlight as much as I can in an hour to really kind of get it out, like get it out there to more and more people because look, the world needs your message. And if you've got great work to do, it's your obligation to be discovered and to be you know seen and heard by more and more people. And this is the tool that will just do it for you en masse. I mean, it's still part of my business. Five years later, I do it every week because because it works. Well, we're just going to leave it right there. Susie, (laughs) thank you so much. I've really had a good time. Thank you so much. Me too, Jen. Lots of love to you. All right. You too. Bye. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. I realized after the fact that in the intro, I described Susie as having a bemused look on her face. And what I meant was amused bemused would mean that she was bewildered. And as you could tell, that is definitely not what Susie is. Make sure to sign up for her free workshop at getrockstarpr.com. And please do tweet us with the hashtag Susie and Jen. I did it after you send out your first guest post pitch so we could give you a big shout out. And if you aren't already a member of my free online classroom for entrepreneurs, head on over to frontrowclassroom.com. Also, Did you know that you could listen to my daily two-minute online marketing news briefs through your Amazon Alexa device or through your Alexa app on your phone? You sure can. Just go to amazon.com and type front row entrepreneur in the search box. It'll pop up and then you just click enable and then you say to Alexa, Alexa, play my flash briefings and you'll be all set. See you next time.